My fellow netizens, I want to quickly thank a few people who are helping us out here at Quote Unquote Guilty, as well as our network, Word Salad Productions. First, a huge thank you to Troy Anthony, who is our latest patron. Troy pledged a whopping $10 a month to help support us as well as the countdown dealing with Philip and Cadavercast. I know you're a countdown fan, Anthony, and I have no idea if you're listening to this, but I want to thank you deeply for helping us out with your hard-earned dollars and let you know that I owe you a great big kiss right on the mouth if you ever find yourself in Michigan. Next, I really want to thank PK's Retro Reviews at PK's Retro Reviews on Twitter and We Talk Next Podcast at WTN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, for giving us Follow Friday plugs online yesterday. We Talk Next is a wrestling podcast, so if you're into that, you should go check them out. PK's Retro Reviews is a YouTube series where Paul Kelly plays and talks about video games. I have yet to check it out, but I know that Jeff and Al from Cadavercast are huge fans, so I will have to check it out. I see at the top of your page you have a video about four different classic TMNT video games, so that looks like a good place to start. Uh, I also want to thank our old friend J360 Productions at j360 productions who gave us a follow friday request a few weeks ago and i just haven't recorded an intro since then but they've been very supportive of the podcast and i just wanted to throw that out there as well because i know that they're listening and they're great so thank you all again for your support it's always nice to know we're reaching a bigger and bigger audience who digs what we do here uh, I guess since I'm taking the time to record an intro, I can announce next week's episode with Alien Covenant coming out. Me and my buddy Johnny Blaze are going to be talking about Alien Resurrection, which you may know is the fourth in the series and written by Joss Whedon, who is best known probably for writing and directing Marvel's The Avengers. A good candidate for a true blue guilty pleasure as Johnny and I discuss the many things we like about this movie while acknowledging it is no good. <laughs> and your hatred of it is completely warranted. <laughs> It made for a fun episode, though, and if you're a patron like Troy Anthony, uh, you'll be able to go listen to that episode early at patreon.com slash wordsalad. I'm hoping to keep putting up episodes a week early like that. I used to do it before teaching got crazy busy and I was struggling to keep up with work and podcast editing, but I think that for the summer I should be able to stay on top of things and put out episodes on Patreon at least a few days early. We'll see how it goes. I'm also working on other Patreon-exclusive content that I want to get recorded and put up there for our patrons and to entice new patrons. Uh, Anyway, I hope you enjoy this week's episode about Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. The film is even more bizarre than our discussion of it here, and I don't even know if I recommend you go and check it out. If you like looking at women's boobs no matter what, no matter what, then yeah, you might enjoy this, but it's one of the strangest and most disturbing things I've ever watched. But I had a lot of fun talking about it here. So with that, I'll leave you to the new episode. And as always, thanks for listening. And welcome to Quote Unquote Guilty, the only guilty pleasure podcast with air quotes in the title. I am your host, Joe Sanders, and I have two guests joining me today. First of all, we have Phil Forsyth back again. How you doing, Phil? Good. Hello. What are you up to, man? Oh, not too much. This and that. I'm headed to Japan. Things are happening. Awesome. And then joining us is first time guest, Miriam Borenstein. How are you doing, Miriam? I'm great. So excited to be here. Okay, good. <laughs> talking about this movie that's all that's all i want is excitement as long as you guys are more excited than i am to talk about this movie i think we'll be okay (laughs) it's kind of how i anticipated it would would go down i don't get very many opportunities 
<laughs> I can't imagine this is I'd never heard of this before uh, Phil suggested it. Which was very kind of him. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, you you said before we started recording that this was like your first idea for the podcast, but you thought it was too out there. Well, I felt like I should explain how this came about and why I thought it was a good idea a year ago or more. When when did you actually start? Just over a year ago, yeah. Yeah, so it would have been almost exactly a year that I, I was trying to think of what you and I could do uh, for a discussion with me. We ended up doing Jersey Girl. But I think this might have been my first idea, and I just immediately went like, no, that's just way too extreme. Like, it's... It, it is a, a softcore porn from 75, but that's not what makes it a guilty pleasure for me. What makes it a guilty pleasure is the concept itself is so extreme that no matter the reasons I enjoy it, which it really just boils down to, I have a weird fascination with things that make me uncomfortable. <laughs> and for some reason, sitting and watching something that makes me uncomfortable two hours just gives me a rush, <laughs> <laughs> which is, is kind of all that is. But, uh, yeah, it just seemed like that that was the guilty part of it, was that it wasn't a movie that I could really recommend to anybody, so it just kind of always stayed in the back of my head. But once it, I realized the person that recommended this movie to me, Miriam, should actually be a part of the conversation, then it seemed like a good idea again, and I also really enjoyed the thought of making you watch this thing. <laughs> what did I do to you, Phil? <laughs> Say one bad thing about the new Ghostbusters movie, and then I'm like on your bitch list for life. <laughs> yeah, I, I planned this way before that happened. Was the bad thing you said about Ghostbusters? It's got women in it. <laughs> no, because I read a lot of that. It was that it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, it was moderately funny. Yeah, I didn't laugh, but yeah, that's just my own personal taste. <laughs> Anyway, Miriam, what's your history with this movie? We should say what we're talking about. We're talking about Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. Did I get the title right? <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's one of the greatest titles of all time. And Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS is a 70s sexploitation, Holocaust, horror, torture, rapey movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the proper term is Nazi exploitation. Yeah. Is it Nazi exploitation? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's correct. Uh, and it is actually a very small genre, so. <laughs> I've never seen a movie like it, so. Well, you should watch the other things directed by this team. <laughs> should I? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I should also say that this movie is very hard to come by, so if you're listening to this and you want to rush right out and watch Ilsa, you're probably going to have to find an illegal download of it, I would imagine. I think we did find it on YouTube, right? Uh, it didn't actually, it was, it was removed already from YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just yeah. searched YouTube for it and there was like a full movie for it, but it's one of those ones where you click on it and it's just like, go to this link and yeah, I would not trust those. The movie posters are great, by the way, if you didn't get to see any of them. I saw one on IMDb. It was pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty terrific. Yeah. Good taglines too, I think, though it's, you know, I'm not positive. <laughs> what kind of taglines do they put on this thing? Uh, I could pull one up, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm probably inventing them as I think about it, but, you know, something like, you thought Himmler was bad, wait till you meet Ilsa. You know, <laughs> more balls than male Nazis or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Appropriate. Yeah, there are some great taglines, though, I think. And I am pulling some up just, just, just to see. I don't know if we've given a, a proper synopsis. The basically. most dreaded Nazi of them all. It's this is this is a softcore porn grindhouse movie set during the Holocaust in a concentration camp. 
Yeah, and you say softcore porn, but that implies that it is sexy. But just because there's tons and tons of nudity and sex, it does not make it sexy. <laughs> and it almost doesn't qualify because of that. No, there's a little bit of sexy in it. I mean, I would, I would, I would argue that. By the way, the the tagline I, I was thinking intention. of is "She committed crimes so terrible, even the SS feared her." So it has a plot, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, it does. but there is there is actual there is some sexy stuff in it. I think. Yeah, and I I would argue that it's difficult to enjoy this movie for the reasons that you would assume it's intended to be enjoyed. Right. Right. I mean, I can tell you that I I mean, the way I first watched this movie um was I was writing my my master's thesis in Holocaust and genocide studies on Holocaust in film. And I did actually include Ilsa in my master's thesis, and she will be included probably in my PhD dissertation, which is which I'm writing right now. Another reason I invited you to do this discussion, because how could I possibly lend it that context? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's a great representation of, of the Holocaust, but there are some really interesting, like, <laughs> I don't think accuracies and inaccuracies. But, I mean, you you know, you have to think, like, a lot of the, the like, softcore porns of this time, especially the, like, exploitation kind of ones and, and all of these exploitation films, they're not really sexy. They just use sex to bring people into it. Or they use sex to make it um, more un- edgy or unnerving. Um, so, like, like you said, the sex scenes in this aren't very sexy, right? Except, except, arguably at the very beginning. I do find uh, the the relationship between Ilsa and Wolf, the American prisoner, and their like BDSM sub dominant relationship where she submits to him, and mm-hmm. like that's kind of sexy. Like that kind of stuff is appealing. And then you have like gang rape scenes. The psychology of who might be turned on by any of this is a the lot gang- to get into. Well, and 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 uh, coming from someone who actually watches gang rape porn, like for myself. I didn't find that scene sexy because it wasn't fi- because that scene wasn't filmed like porno. Yeah, it's not fantasy enough, really. Right. I mean, and they had like in that. I mean, there are the, they 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 have two kinds of of sex scenes in in this movie. One is relatively sexy, which all involve Ilsa. Because Ilsa is the woman that no man can please. And and yet when she's with Wolf, she's like, no, stop. I can't come anymore. No, stop. Right? So <laughs> because that's he's like American and his dick is magic. Right, because he has an American cow. He has a superpower as well, which we'll talk about. Right, None of the Jews could pull it off. Right, which is why all the Jews are castrated. And well, and, and that's that's a theme that that, um, that I could talk about at length, actually, is the, the American versus European manhood in Holocaust films, which I think is, you know, I think is really interesting. All of the heroes are always American. Nonetheless, we will get to his superpower. But these two kinds of sex scenes, the other kinds are the ones where you're obviously, you're not supposed to be turned on. Like the focus in the gang rape scene wasn't the sex with the woman. It was the other woman in the room, the SS officer, who was just drinking herself stupid to like get through all of this, Right. I mean, she was acting like she was having fun, but at the same time, she's, like, just kind of sucking on this beer bottle once it's empty, like, desperate for more liquor, and she's not taking part in it until later. That's interesting. I didn't read it as her coping with it, I, and maybe her enjoyment of it was not genuine, but that's interesting. I like that. Well, there's there's actually history to that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Einsatzgruppen, so, like, pre-SS, but these police battalions who actually did the majority of murdering during the Holocaust, um, not in concentration camps, but roving through the countryside and doing, like, mass shootings and gassings and things like that, 
the way that they were able to get these, these are regular reserve police officers, you know, people who worked as dentists and accountants and, you know, just ordinary German citizens. And the way that they got them to do these things was one by breaking up all the tasks. So like, you know, you'd have, you'd have some of these officers that rounded people up and then some of them that took away their luggage. And then a set of people who drove them, you know, who put them in a van. And then one guy who was sitting in the van and never looked at them. And then he'd drive the van while the exhaust was piped into the back and they'd be gassed, but he didn't even necessarily know that. And then he'd stop the van and other people would unload the corpses and then other people would bury them. So you only ever did one step of the process. So you never felt like a murderer. And the German government supplied them with unlimited amounts of alcohol. Oh. So these guys were all just wasted all the time because that's how you get through dehumanizing other humans. So I actually really liked that part of this movie, which is still Nazi exploitation and ridiculous and supposed to be making this all sort of sexy. But at the same time, they're drinking like crazy to deal with it. I mean, the, um, the, what, Das General, right? (laughs) The guy with the horrible teeth? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's drinking like crazy the whole time, too. Yeah, he gets pretty wasted while they're watching that woman slowly hang. Right. As they're as the ice beneath her feet is melting. Yeah. One one of the less horribly grim things in the movie. That one's just so ridiculous. Like, first of all, least interesting murder ever to watch. Right. <laughs> well, especially when you compare it to the you know possible death by giant electric dildo. Right. Right. They have way more fun stuff. And and the whippings. And- and the reaction is ridiculous because he, you know, he walks in and she's like, you know, look what I've done for you. I'm killing this, this, this girl on this ice, right? And he goes, oh, that is wonderful. Like, as though it's exciting, even though it takes hours for her to yeah. die. And then when she dies, they all just kind of go. <laughs> and, and it's a ludicrous, you know, fantasy setting where I think they've got other <sighs> naked girls serving right. her. And like, it's just, it's such an unlikely and unhistoric setting given that there are so many things and again this is part of my enjoyment of the film as well because you lended me some of this historical context that i could watch this and go like man the stuff they got right is really like weirdly specific but you can tell they had a passion for for whatever story they were pretending to base this on this is and this one um and I think this is interesting. The the director, who I assume is Jewish, because his real last name is like Friedman or Friedbush or, you know, something that's like a very typical F-R-I-E-D, which is a very typical, yeah. you know, suffix for a Jewish last name. I think it's Friedman. And I think his first name's like, I don't know, Shmuley or not Shmuley, but something like <laughs> equally Jewishy. And so he's this obviously Jewish guy, but this film, which I believe was his second Nazi exploitation film, but definitely more extreme. He didn't put his real name on it. I think he knew that he was like really right. pushing now, it. Now I've gone over the line. Pushing right. the envelope, and, yeah. Yeah, and he did it, I, I believe he produced it with a Canadian company instead of with an American production company, though it was filmed in, in LA. Did did you uh, do, do you know how, where it was filmed? This is one of the coolest things about this movie. I think. Yeah, actually I do. <laughs> I looked at some trivia and it was filmed on the set of Hogan's Heroes. That's right. <laughs> which is like that just amps up the ridiculousness so much more to know that this was filmed on the set of Hogan's Heroes, this Nazi sitcom. Yeah, it's well, it's brilliant. Um, and and I, if you read up about it, did you find out why the uh, the the production company of Hogan's Heroes was willing to have this filmed there? Well, they. Uh, what I read was that the show had been canceled and they knew that Ilsa ended with the camp being destroyed and they figured that would save on the cost of dem- demolishing the set. <laughs> yeah. What a great reason. It's terrific. Oh my God. It's, that's this, a really interesting backstory. Horrendous thing. 
to be endorsed. I mean, you'd think if the show was still going on, of course, they wouldn't want this happening there. Yeah. Right. And there's no way that Ilsa's budget would allow for the building of a, a camp. You know, so I, was, I, I thought it was—I thought it was great. Ready-made set, just, just sitting there. Right confluence of events to make this this glorious. Begging for a okay. softcore porn with a syphilitic character whose face is melting. Who is the worst <laughs> actress in the movie? She's pretty bad. That effect, though, and actually, I wrote down the makeup artist because I was going to look into more other stuff he did makeup for. But a lot of the makeup effects are really good. It's a real boner shrinker. Again, I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm so confused about the fact that like. This was intended to be a sexy movie. Yeah, I found it very difficult to masturbate to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the key, again, is to only masturbate when you're looking at Ilsa, but not during the peeing scene. But the rest of it, <laughs> unless you're into that. Yeah, uh, I would argue that the peeing scene is by far the most wholesome thing in this film. Uh, the first sex scene is fine. I mean, it's like... Until the castration. That's not part of the sex scene. <laughs> I, I also thought that the part where she was just like sticking the electrocuted dildo up each woman in turn was kind of hot. Okay. I I might have agreed if it weren't for the sound effect of the insertion of the electric dildo that was like. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> squish buzz buzz squish buzz. But I did. But I did notice that after like four girls, she like held it, you know, like this in the one girl's face, <laughs> and I was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where that's been? And then that girl was like, bring it, motherfucker. Yeah, our hero. Who was that? Kala? Who was the one who was impervious to pain? Yeah, yeah. the one the one who proved Ilsa's theory, which, of course, proves that this is indeed a plot-driven movie. Yeah, what is, what is the plot of Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS? Obviously, it's a play on, like, all of our ideas about Nazi doctors and experiments. Right. So Ilsa is the commandant of this camp, which is run by a female, a primarily female staff because um, it's an experimentation, experimentation center. Right. So like when the when the shipment of women shows up, um, she says to them, this is no Ravensbrook. Right. This is this is no Dachau, which means this is not a concentration camp. This is not a prisoner camp. This is a scientific experiment. Right. Yeah. And the idea is that, of course, this takes place towards the end of the war, right? So Germans are losing. We know that the people who are in this camp haven't been there very long. And we know that the the allies are closing in. And Ilsa is trying to prove her theory that women are capable of withstanding more pain than men. And the reason she's going to prove that is that, that the reason she needs to prove that is that because the allies are encroaching, this is probably like, what, 1944, 1943, at the very latest, this, this takes place, because they're closing in. So they need more soldiers. So Ilsa is trying to prove that women will make better soldiers because they are capable of withstanding more pain than men. That's the plot of the movie. And she proves this by torturing well, a bunch of Jewish women. Well, she's also, <laughs> I mean, one. there's, well, there's also, there's like the side thing where she's doing experimentation. So she's effect, in, in part of her studies to torment these women, she's also infecting them with diseases that she's trying to cure. Yeah. Right, which they did absolutely do. Because giving someone gangrene and typhoid is super sexy. Typhus. Typhus. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, and, and, and they did do that. Mangala was really famous for that, right? But there were lots of Nazi, Nazi doctors that were experimenting with this kind of thing. Or like, they take, they were testing German helmets on Jewish prisoners. So they used to just like line up Jews and 
shoot at their heads in helmets, you know, or like bash their heads in or flip them upside down and drop them on their heads, stuff like that. So they did all kinds of ridiculous experimentation in the name of science. And that's what this is supposed to be based off of. So that's why, like, when this American POW, who has the worst backstory I've ever heard, by the way, um, which is... which <laughs> so he is, was born somewhere else at the no, end? Th- that he was born in Germany. And she's like, well, why aren't you in a POW camp, right? Because obviously, if he's an American citizen, although he's German by blood, which is, you know, why he's so wonderful still, which is terrible. <laughs> but if he's German by blood and he's American and he's over and he's he's in a camp, he sh- it doesn't matter where he comes from. He's an American. He should be a POW, which means he should actually be in like Dachau, right, or one of the other American POW camps, or not American but POW camps. So the question is, why is he there? And his response is, I was a student in Munich, or like he was in college, and they when the war started, they pulled him out. And put him in this camp. That's a story. Presumably so that he couldn't join up with the American forces. Totally ridiculous story. Yeah. I mean, that is not what would have happened. But and even if they considered him an enemy of the state, he would have gone to a POW camp because there are rules of war, and the Nazis, you know, to some extent, obeyed those rules. Right? But we need his magic cock for this story to work. So reasons, right? I mean, and, and that's 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 my my real beef with this with this movie which is why i find why i think it's great is you know it's, it's great to hate something for the right reasons and this movie is great because it follows this trope that you need an american to save these poor defenseless weak and uh these jews who are going like lambs to the slaughter who refuse to fight back for themselves and then and this is not unique to this movie there's a movie called escape from sobibor which is about an actual uh escape from an actual camp called sobibor and it is led again by non-jewish pow's you know, who come in and they're like, come on, gang, let's like show these Nazis what fur, you know, and that's right. actually a pr- pretty decent movie. Yeah. But that's quit, quit lying down about. and dying on purpose and do the things the American way. Right. And in this one, the Jews are even more emasculated because they've all already been castrated. I would have to rewatch Talag 17 because I, well, that's like an American prison camp, though. That's not like a Jewish concentration camp. So that that's probably a different example, a different different situation going on. It was definitely a theme in the 70s and 80s, though, that, you know, the American comes in and says, you know, like, come on, kids, let's put on a show. Right? That kind of like you poor harmless devils, let me get you out of this mess. Right. Pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Holocaust victim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the great yeah. things about this, but, about but, this movie. I mean, and the, that, that joke really is the, the joy of watching something like this, if you have that perspective of it, to just go like, this is going to be really really awful and being able to embrace that somehow lightens the load of the fact of it why do you think Elsa feels the need to castrate her male lovers after she's had them oh because they haven't satisfied her it's punishment it's punishment she's she is an insatiable sex addict and she cannot be satisfied and so she keeps bringing in these new men and every new man that comes in she takes them to her bed and she sleeps with them and then they come and she's furious at them for coming, so she cuts off their balls. And correct me if I'm wrong, the first line in the movie is, you should have waited. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. <laughs> well, no, I think the first line is, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a line, but yeah, yeah. It's dialogue spoken out loud. I think it counts. But yeah, <laughs> you should have waited. Pretty great stuff. And I love that this is supposed to be like a shock. Like we see her like in a mirror all blurry, mm. fucking this guy. And then, like, 
he comes and she climbs off him and we see like close-up shots of her like putting on clothes and then <gasps> surprise she's a nazi i love that <laughs> first scene i love it <laughs> that's great i don't know why that didn't surprise me i was like yeah that makes sense <laughs> well a, a movie titled ilsa she wolf of the ss it shouldn't be i assume i'm being introduced to ilsa she wolf of the ss right away right. Right. so when she's a nazi it's like yeah that's ilsa got it <laughs> she, she's not the twist in the third act <laughs> she's not the Shyamalan one thing that's interesting is that we are talking we're, we're talking about them being Jews mm -hmm. but they actually don't say Jewish ones and oh we never see anyone's cock so we can't really be sure uh we see the American cock but he's not Jewish no yeah and I don't remember if he's circumcised I think he I, is. I think that good look. It's a very quick shot, but I think he was, right. yeah. I know, because I rewound it to see his cock again, and then I turned to film, and when I turned back, I missed it again, and I was like, nah, fuck it. Because <laughs> we rewatched we it last night. I hadn't seen it in, in several years. I watched it this morning, first thing. Oh, that's not a morning film. <laughs> Sets the tone it's, for the whole day. It's, it's not a watch it and then go to sleep film either. Uh, that's true. true. I'm did, actually really sure. glad I didn't watch it last night when I was tired and wanted to go to bed. I definitely had weird dreams. I don't know if I'd call them nightmares, but I definitely woke up feeling like, that was some weird shit I just dreamed. Thanks, Ilsa. I like it. It's fun. You guys were mentioning like uh, good deaths, good torture scenes. The one that really got to me was the woman who's been being boiled. Yeah, Phil kept mentioning that one too. Oh my god, when they when they show her and her skin's all red and like flaying off and she's just screaming and squirming, it's like, oh, that's hard. Who's turned on by this? Yeah. Well, it's not supposed. To, it, this movie's a really weird mix of of statements. Like you're mm. not supposed to be turned on by any of the torture right. of the women, except maybe the dildos, which was more like an entry test than actual torture. Right. I mean, she just kind of did that to everybody. But the torture scenes, they're not supposed to turn you on, which would make you think, oh, that's because, you know, maybe these films directors don't actually think Nazis were right. But then at the same time, you have like the American hero and all of these weak, empathetic Jews. So who I assume are Jews because they're victims and because the women are obviously chosen to look like Jews. So, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting mix. And I think you're supposed to feel sorry for Elsa. Yeah, that was what was strange, too. Is like, are we meant to root for Ilsa in her torturing of <laughs> these people? Is her cause in any way noble that she's trying to get women hired on for extra soldier help? Yeah, it's like equal rights for women in the German military. But, you know, the end does not justify the means, Ilsa. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this poor woman can never be satisfied. And here's here's the thing. <laughs> Oh, okay. So that justifies. Well, I mean, well there's there's part of it. Which she can is do she whatever she wants. But I mean, you Poor girl. you saw the way she treated the man at the beginning, right? Which is like the the you should have waited, and then she just cut his junk off, like you, laughing, right? But here's the thing, and you you mentioned this early on. She as soon as she meets Wolf, who now maybe it's time to discuss his super. Which, by the way, Wolf, like, could you have a more German? <laughs> A more German name, which is another mixed mixed message statement because yeah. it's saying like the only the only man worth fucking is still a German, right? Mm -hmm. Like, a, a, you know, he's sure he's American, but his blood, like his blood, runs through the Rhine, you know. So mm -hmm. like, and, he, and he's, he's taller German. than everyone else. And he's, he's blonde. blonde, so he's this perfect like Ubermensch style. At any rate, so he has this superpower, which by the way is not a superpower, and a lot of men <laughs> can stop them. In fact, lots of men like what edging. This is As, a especially thing. the older you get it becomes a lot easier to make yourself not come right and this is his superpower is not coming like he was talking about that i was like 
I can do that. I have a superpower. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think, I think anyone over 30 can probably come close to your level of magic superpower well, if they plus, really I try. Mean, are, we really, are we really being led to believe that all of these men that enter the camp who know full well that if they don't satisfy her, they're going to get their junk cut off, that they can't possibly hold back? Nope. Is that really what that's, we're saying? That's the curse of the Jews. They just can't not Dude, shoot off just, a load in their just pants. such bad lovers. The first stroke that's a Jewish stereotype I was not familiar with. It is not. <laughs> no, that is not a Jewish stereotype. We are all phenomenal in bed. Thank okay. You. <laughs> and huge cocks. No, so so this German guy, Wolf, who was raised in America, but at least has the German blood, he is able to screw Ilsa to the extent that she needs to be fucked, right? So in the first scene, he just keeps fucking her and fucking her and fucking her. And then the next time, like, as though to test him, she has him fuck two other women first. And then she fucks him. And watches and fully clothed. I forgot about the three-way. That's maybe the sexiest, legitimately right. sexiest right. moment for me. Right, and that was fairly sexy. So... Then there's an interesting shift, right? And this this is where we start being sympathetic to Ilsa, is she's never been satisfied for a, by a man. And here's this man who can satisfy her, and she starts submitting to him, right? Like that, that first time, as soon as the two other women leave, he lays down on the bed, and she starts taking it. And he's like, no, undress for me slowly. I want to watch you. I want to see you. And, and she's she like, she just obeys him because she's changed by his magic cock, right? <laughs> yeah, I wrote at one point she fucks the evil out of, or he fucks the evil out of her. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. Is he kind of does right? He changes her character. She's not so desperate anymore, and she's not angry, and she doesn't need to. to she doesn't need to take her vengeance out on men anymore. So we are supposed to feel bad for her by the end. Like you almost want her to live because you almost want a sequel. And, and what's the ultimate ending of of those sexual? The scenes we get her a helpless kitten tied up on the bed while the camp is while her latest her victim dies on top of her right which which again that that's another moment that is hard to watch for a number of reasons yeah mainly because i really wanted her to kill ilsa like she she got <laughs> she went through all of that she she like crawled oh, yeah. there with a knife how she, so she found a knife and then she dies as she reaches the bed well, let's be clear. The real reason that scene was a disappointment is that Ilsa's bra was on the whole time. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I was underwhelmed by her breasts. She had great breasts. Really? Yeah, it's just, just all subjective. I thought a lot of the women in this had great breasts. Of course, most of the time they were being burned and cut off, but yeah. <laughs> they were oh, The one who was in the, uh, the room where she was like, she ended up coughing up blood. I think she was supposed to be like at some... Like, it was pressure, I yeah, think? Yeah, pressurized. Like, the room was pressurized? She had great breasts. She had a nice body. Yep. She did. She did. It's too bad it probably exploded. Maybe the maybe the pressure caused her to inflate slightly, just right. like enough. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens when pressure goes up. All our boobs just get so much bigger. <laughs> you just inflate, right? <laughs> you think the body has to compensate. You see, the, the, the female body has ways of shutting that thing down. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of female bodies enduring, the funniest part of this to me is that she's conducting this experiment, and then she says when she finds this girl, what would you say her name was, the one who almost killed her at the end? Kala. I think Kala. that's Kala. And she says, you know, when she's going to punish her, she walks into the barracks while she's trying, well, Kala, whatever, is trying to incite an escape, right? She's trying to foment resurrection. And Ilsa says, well, someone's going to be punished for this. 
someone's going to die, but it's not going to be her because I need her to prove my theory, which I thought was hilarious because if women are actually able to withstand more pain than men, why does she just need this one woman? Yeah, that proves that her theory is shitty. Opposite of science. Right. But exactly. she wants to be able to, sh- yeah, she wants to be able to show this one woman's endurance to pain to like as evidence that all women could do this when she has a lot of evidence to the contrary. <laughs> there, there's a pile of bodies somewhere yeah, like, that, that disprove this point. Like the like the um the woman who Phil and I spent the rest of the movie calling finger mouth <laughs> after. Yeah, she doesn't she fare was, so well. She got she got the the dildo you know with the electricity and then she yeah. like ran outside and collapsed on the ground and cried. She failed the electric dildo. Test. And Wolf approached her and put his arm around her for some fucking reason. Put his finger in her mouth. Oh, I missed <laughs> yeah. that. Like, hey, it's, are you okay? <laughs> it's really disturbing. You're talking about Rosette, but I missed the finger in her mouth. He's comforting. He's comforting Rosette. her. What is her name? And just kind of like, I think he actually like strokes her mm. cheek a little bit and, and like, then just puts his finger on her lips and kind of moves her around <laughs> in a circle. And she just kind of like rolls with that. Because because she had just been sexually violated, so why not? You know? It's all downhill from here. I might as well be turned on by this. Right, that certainly doesn't put anyone in the mood. Plus, he's a German American. He's so sexy. Because I'm sure what you really want after being after being violated by Nazis is a German to stick his finger in your mouth unprovoked. Only if he's American enough. Apropos nothing. <laughs> Hey, honey, that looks like it sucked. Oh, <laughs> Rosette was interesting to me because she is not credited in the movie. We don't know the actress's name in the in the final credit. She's not in there. What I was, was she looking for her name at the end when with the credits rolled, and I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. See she's it. not there. I went to IMDb. She's <laughs> she not... insisted her name not be included in this after she saw the final cut. <laughs> the joke I keep making about this movie, as as I've watched it three times now, is what did these people think they were making? And I, I have to imagine some of them, like the uh, the Jewish friend of of our American I think hero, his name was Mario. He gives a fairly solid performance, and like in my mind watching him, I really feel like he might have thought this was his Schindler's List. <laughs> and I can't help thinking like some of these people got to see a rough cut of this and went like, "Take my name off this fucking piece of shit." <laughs> Could very well be. I'm sure Rosette's not the only. Uh, there's a bunch of people not credited in the movie. Actually, if you look at IMDb wow. and mm-hmm. the yeah, cast list, I hold water. Schindler's List did take 20 more years to come out, but... But it's, but it's not a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that big of a fan of if, Schindler's if List, only but does Liam Neeson. your radio listeners could see the look Miriam just gave me <laughs> at refusing to accept that as a joke. <laughs> Schindler's List, slightly better. In, in a couple of like little technical ways. <laughs> they had better, better use of color. In very yeah, different ways. Better use of color. Not nearly enough electric dildo. Right. You know, that's what I say when I leave nearly every movie. <laughs> Fair enough. The popcorn is too salty. Need more electric dildo. <laughs> you must not like many movies. It must just be this. <laughs> that's about it. Clearly a favorite. <laughs> the castration scene was very unnerving. Was it? Maybe just as a man. <laughs> like watch, like the two, like seeing the tools she uses to castrate people as like this little serrated semicircle blade. A tool that doesn't seem like it could have any other purpose. And yet it's like, we, we want to design a castration tool that will be as painful as possible. <laughs> and then we're just going to saw through people's dicks with it. I think, don't, they, don't they make a point that they're just taking the balls and that it's actually like important that they leave the dick to see if they like don't go crazy? 
I wasn't sure if they were taking the dick or the balls. It seemed like they were taking one or the other, but I don't know if it was clear which. They definitely took the ball. I mean, we know that with Mario, he still had his dick because Wolf asked him. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm referring to. I think he, he says something at that point like, that's the experiment, mm. is to see if like men will go crazy if they have some but not all of their manhood. Yeah, but he says, did, did she cut off your... And then Mario cuts him off and says, no, I still have that. And I'm not sure it... Uh, apparently the implication... It's the dick. Okay, that he still has the dick but not the balls. That's what I would think. Because he had just said that she castrates every man that doesn't please her. Actually, I, that's another interesting part. Is that at that point he said, you know, at some point the Black Widow will call for you. Which is the only time she's called the Black Widow in the whole movie. <laughs> well, the first time she's called by a, a cast member of the Black Widow. Like, I thought that right away. <laughs> But does anyone call her the mm. she-wolf? <laughs> right. No one calls her the she-wolf either. No one. Yeah. But he's a wolf. And right. even funnier, the man who played the general's name is actually Wolf. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't catch that one. Or at it, least his at least his porn name is. And he's probably not a porn actor because we didn't even see him get naked. All he did was really weirdly ask her to be on him. <laughs> so desperately, too. No, don't take your shirt off. <laughs> Don't take your top off. Just for, the pants. Put for the boots me, back there on. There's only one way. Right. <laughs> there's only one way. I like the look on her face too. Like, Ugh. <laughs> okay. We were watching that bit with uh, with Miriam's fiance. At which point he asked, like, why didn't they have her take a shit? And I basically assumed that that just wouldn't have been as fun for the uh, sound effects department. The poop the would just be a plop. <laughs> the pee was a waterfall. There wouldn't even really be a plop noise since there's no right, just water. Kind of, a, kind of a thud. Maybe if she peed on him and then pooped on him, so kind of a... Yeah. See, we could have made this movie so much better. Clearly. Well, someone had to. Our adaptation will be far superior. <laughs> I thought it was odd that, like, there's a couple of scenes where Ilsa is, like, in her office... And she's wearing this white Nazi shirt, but like all of the buttons are undone and her tits are hanging out. But she's like having like a serious meeting with like her second in command. Yeah. I was like, what's the point of that? Usually she's like in uniform or naked. Well, they had the other women. The, the other women also had it buttoned most of the way down, except for the the kind of like sort of gay one who was drinking a lot. Who like during the second gang rape scene which we didn't see come to fruition she was like i'm gonna have my fun with her and then you can all have her yeah with another one of the girls um that was a kind of hot scene too yeah because the jewish girl seemed to be into it at first right until yeah she until she was like then you can have your way with her she was like oh no, gross <laughs> <laughs> this scene was kind of harder for me to watch than some of the, the rest of the movie for some reason i think it's because the nazi chick had really big ugly panties <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was it. Could be. Could be. But they did, except for her, all of them had their shirts unbuttoned all the way down, which for me was one of the best parts of the movie. Either that or they were just standing around topless holding trays for like no reason. Or standing around topless whipping people to death. <laughs> oh, I did like that scene where the uh, girl and the prisoner, the male prisoner who had tried to escape or who were like colluding together, they both got whipped by Nazis who had no tops on, who looked really tired. They were, yeah, ugh. very sweaty. Ugh. Yeah, I loved that. That was great. <laughs> Working real hard. I enjoyed that. That the, was the, ac the actors not really being whipped looked very comfortable yeah, in the whipping did. scene. Yeah, one of the, the the girl at one point looked like she remembered to flinch. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, ow! <laughs> 
I questioned at first why they were topless, and then when I realized, like, oh, they don't want blood splatters, like, okay, then why aren't they naked? Like, why are, they're still gonna get bl- blood all over their uniform if they're wearing anything. The blood splatter spatters on the wall were hilariously uniform, too. Like, there was no gap where, say, a human who was whipping them was standding. They were just, like, <laughs> completely wall-to-wall right. streaks of blood. And the blood in this movie is, like, orange house paint. Yeah. It's very unconvincing. So it's very 70s. I, I'm trying... There's another movie that uses, like, very obvious orange blood. And honestly, I think that helps the enjoyment of the movie, that, like, it's not realistic enough that I have that reflexive impulse to turn away because mm. it's just it looks so ridiculous the sex wasn't that believable either maybe that's why it was easy yeah. not to feel too dirty about it or remotely turned on for 70 percent of the movie <laughs> more than wow. 70 i was gonna say you you made it through 30 percent with like full on <laughs> <laughs> that would be uncommon for even the best of smut yeah i enjoyed the scenes with wolf he's the worst actor in the movie which made them funny which, which makes uh, Mario really shine. It really does. When the two of them are... Well, him and... Like, so Wolf and the girl whose face is half melted off. You know, she has, she has this nine weird accent movie. at one point where she's like, Where will we get that? <laughs> How will we talk to them? And it's like, what country are you supposed <laughs> to be from? <laughs> so bizarre. Then oh, she gets God. very German at the end. Yeah. she gets german and she gets angry and she puts all of the nazis down like she's the one that shoots all of them in the face <laughs> what she was like all wussy the whole film so so bizarre well the american injected her with the just the the charisma and anger and virility well he said not to kill him did he yeah he did she said we're gonna put these dogs down or something to that extent not my german brothers and he said no the allies are coming they right. will face a trial, I promise you. That's and she was pussy. like, no. And she shot them all in the face in really weird places, I might add. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, I mean, I liked that because, I mean, Phil said something like, well, I guess she doesn't have good aim. And I was like, well, they choose where they put the dots. Right. So <laughs> I enjoyed that. Like, one of them is through the side of the nose, and one of them is, like, in the middle of the cheek. And I liked that because that's, like, way more realistic. Yeah, it yeah. was really messy. I liked it. I, I, I've i got the characters' names wrong. So that's Kala with the melted face. Oh, okay. Anna is the impervious girl. Anna's the one that proves the theory. Yeah. Anna's the one. Anna's the exception that proves the rule. Right. <laughs> the unkillable super Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the Torah foretold. Yeah. She's not that. There is one other girl that actually looks like really Jewish. Like she looks like Seidel from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Um, but the rest of them just look like, you know, brunettes. I'm trying to imagine the production meeting where they said, all right, so uh, we've got this thing written finally. We'll start shooting tomorrow. Does anybody know any Jews? <laughs> My guess is in the 70s, I mean, if you think about it, and this is this is another just interesting thing about this movie. In 1975, that's 30 years after the end of the war, right? Yeah. Which means that these women are all born in the either during the war or in the years during. I mean, Ilsa yeah. had to have been born born during the it's war. Really, only a generation removed, right? So their parents, if they were Jewish, God. would disown them for being in this film, oh, right? I mean, really this is point. only thirty years after. So, uh, so it's really fast to be making things like this. Like Inglorious Bastards came out in two thousand and nine, and that is an irreverent, disrespectful, awesome, but horrible. Holocaust film, right? I mean, it completely 
it completely undoes truth, right? Around yeah. these horrific events. But it had been it had been long enough that Tarantino could start unraveling truth in fictionalized you know, in, in historical fiction. But 1975, Hogan's Heroes was reverential. Mm. It's not good, but it was reverential. Mm. But this, I mean, this is this is at the same time that the TV special Holocaust was airing on TV, which I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was a six episode, like one hour miniseries that introduced, that pretty much introduced the American public to the horrors of genocide. Because most things had never been shown. It was too soon. Uh, there were survivors. Everyone was a victim. The you know the it's, it's American public was still reeling from the really war. Seen more on TV. Right. Well, seventy five is Vietnam. So at this point, at this point, mm-hmm. people are seeing things on TV. But what they're seeing on TV is very, very different. Like Walter Cronkite showed the you know the, this massacre at uh, my the my the My Lai massacre, which is the mm-hmm. first thing that that American public ever saw where the U.S. were treating Vietnamese citizens horribly, and that was a real shocker. But I think that was that was a few years before think, this. Do you think that actually like, opened the door for people to be able to... Show horrific things on TV? No, the no Holocaust representation was, like, trickling out post-1950, because, you know, people were just... The more distance, the more people were showing about it. But Holocaust mm. films started coming out in the... You know, Holocaust films that weren't just, like, Casablanca. Yeah. You know, started coming out in the early 50s. So there were some things, but they weren't in concentration camps. Right. You know, that came that came later. Either that or they were not well received at all. Sorry, tan- tangential. No, that's fine. Context. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I never During, thought of uh, Casablanca as a Holocaust film, so now i got to watch that again. Well, I mean, or like uh, the... Yeah, I get that it was people you know, fleeing the war. Right. I mean, th- that's as close as they came. During yeah. the war, Hollywood producers had a um, a restriction. They had all made a pact, all pretty much all of the major producers in Hollywood, that they would not show Hitler uh, in any film that came out. They wouldn't. They wouldn't talk about Hitler. They wouldn't talk about the war because they didn't. This is before Pearl Harbor. They didn't mm. want to um, provoke the yeah. to provoke foreign influence in American affairs. They didn't want to be part of it, and they thought that Hollywood should stay out of it. Is that why Chaplin got kicked out? Chaplin did not get kicked out. Chaplin wanted to make The Great Dictator, mm. and no one would make it. And um, they didn't cancel his existing contracts, but no one would make it. So he actually spent almost every penny he owned and he made it himself. Uh, Because in that one, it's not only like irreverent humor about the Fuhrer, but that speech at the end. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've watched The Great Dictator. I unfortunately have not. You absolutely should. I'm sure you've seen that speech. I mean, what's... what's I haven't even seen the speech. Really? I would I would look that up after this. Um, I mean the the whole the whole film is like he's he's there there is an evil dictator and there's um, this guy who's pretty much like your typical uh, schlemiel character who keeps accent you know keeps he's he's what Chaplin always is right the yeah, the, the, the tramp yeah. right and he accidentally gets confused with this Hitler character but it's all in a fictionalized land um, yeah the mustache. And and there's a symbol that's not a swastika, but like it looks it looks close. And and there's a Mussolini character who's not really Mussolini. And anyway, at the end, he gets you know hustled into this position where he's standing in front of a Nazi horde, and he has to give a speech. And he gives this incredible speech, which also broke all these film yeah. rules. In and the, it's the first time the tramp speaks in the movie. Pretty sure. No, he talks okay. to Hannah. 
he talk, I'm pretty sure he talks throughout the throughout. The I think he before it's been a while. I think it, it's been a while for me too. But he 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 gets in front of this crowd, and then and and when you watch this speech, you should you should remember this part is that this is showing in theaters to an American audience that is not yet participating in this war. And he pretty much you know the camera cuts in on his face, and he gives the speech to American audiences, and he says like there are evil powers in this world, and they're doing horrific things, and all of us. It's our responsibility to be part of the world and, you know, and we're here and we're together and we have to fight this. And it's this incredible filmic moment. And that's the first time that Hitler or the concept of Hitler was broached in American film. So it, it took decades after that before you could do anything even remotely close to Ilsa. When you and I were talking about Aaron Sorkin for another podcast, uh, you, we talked about the Will McAvoy speech in in the first episode of newsroom yeah that really has become this like most often cited you know a uh, go-to youtube clip when people just need to remind themselves of like how how to look at the world in a way that is healthy and helps us figure out what we should be doing in a crisis and i think for generations for decades this chaplain speech was that for a lot of people yeah i've definitely it's it's one of those gaps in my film knowledge that i've never seen the great dictator so i just need to watch the whole thing yeah you should it's great ruin chaplain's career and apparently oh he picked uh, back financial up. life he picked back up after it. i mean he okay. was you know it was an incredibly successful film so i thought it was his last film that he directed i don't think so i could be wrong but i don't think so this is a biopic about him starring uh Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I should watch that. That might be where I'm getting all of my chaplain information. <laughs> Just anachronisms in the RDJ chaplain. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but I should watch it. I love Robert Downey Jr. And it's it's an athletic performance. It would have it's, to be. It's shocking how how much he just is chaplain in that film. I think that Ilsa has never done a strip tease before in her goddamn life. <laughs> oh, because she undresses so badly? She does it so badly. It's not sexy at all. It's just slow, which she asks for. But other than that, it's just like, have you ever even taken your clothes off before, let alone tried to do it sexily? <laughs> well, she's she's supposed to be a Nazi. She's supposed to be rigid. Yeah, maybe that's a character point that she really thought about. <laughs> yeah, let's give them that much credit. <laughs> she knows how to move doing all the other things. She's just weirdly wooden when... Pulling at clothing to remove it from her. <laughs> well, she's never had to please a man before. That's true, too. She thinks she tries. She's way around. I mean, she never had a reason to. Mm. It was all about her. Her, her unsatisfied <laughs> She is his slave of love. The, can we just talk real quick about that, like, two to three minute long take in the shower after that first scene? Yeah. That lets you, that lets you know this movie is... I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's slightly misleading. We should do an honest trailer scene. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Ilsa's boobs. <laughs> right. Like, you, you think this is going to be a pretty mellow porn at, at the shower scene. And it's only after that that we see her, you know, dress up in the SS uniform mm -hmm. and the castration happens and then shit just gets weirder from there. Is it directly after the sex that we see the long shower? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's you should have baited. And then the shower, and then coming back and basically telling him he's about to be in some serious shit. I like how he tries to defend himself by pretty much going, but wait, I'll fuck you again. <laughs> She's like, no, it's too late. I'll do it just as gooder. I'll do, I'll, I'll make all the sex. <laughs> my, my other favorite line in the movie, just because of the awkward reading, is where he says, but you said it would not be like before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. Weird <laughs> emphasis. Sorry. I was saying maybe my favorite line is Mario. He says that uh, castration is her way to punish a man who makes her feel like a woman. I think Mario, after everything, believes that he satisfied Ilsa and she <laughs> cut his dick off anyway. <laughs> That's deep, Mario. He's, he's in deep denial. Or maybe what he meant is that the way a woman should feel is unsatisfied and covered in spooge. <laughs> <laughs> Just a vessel for male gratification. I mean, Mario well, totally deserves his castration. Let's be honest, that is the way most pornography ends. Right. Is <laughs> the women looking like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll eat that. Yep. You know? <laughs> you pay me how much? All right. right yeah. Good fine. for you. Can I keep the glasses on? No. Right. Five points to Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's a point I want to see. That's got to exist. There's got to be Harry There's got to be a lot of that. I was just saying last night that I've actually never looked up Star Trek porn, which is really shocking yeah. considering how much I well, love Star Trek and how many uniforms I own for there, There's not so such much uh, Ponfar already in the There in should the be series. a Ponfar episode. I mean, a Ponfar uh, porn. Yeah. Pornfar. I will make one. For, for anyone unaware, that's when Vulcans go into heat. Yeah. And they must fuck or die. <laughs> We just watched two Ponfar episodes for another podcast. The, the Enterprise one is is by far the most entertaining because it has no story. The others have a little bit of justification for what's happening. Well, also, the other one, I mean, with, with Spock, he has to get married. She yeah. just wants to fuck somebody. Well, and, there's, and there's this Shakespearean thing where he has to fight his friend to the death. And, you know, Kirk, Kirk barely makes it through some you know, weird fuckery of McCoy's. And there's a whole weird series of twists that happen in Spock's Ponfar. But in Tavala's, she's just like, please fuck me! <laughs> it's great. In, in this episode of Enterprise, just, just for kicks, I'm going to outline it real quick. Uh, they encounter some kind of amoeba that kicks in her Ponfar early. And so there's no way to get her to Vulcan. So she's just running around the ship in her underwear trying to fuck everybody. Covered in jelly. Covered in jelly that's supposed to kill the amoeba. <laughs> So we, so we have a greased up Vulcan in heat running around in her underwear trying to fuck everybody. Not just any greased up Vulcan in heat. Shit. Jolene Blaylock. Yeah. I've never seen any Enterprise and even I know who you're talking about. She's so <laughs> hot. Her abs are like fucking sick. Yeah. Especially when they're covered in jelly. There, there's a scene <laughs> where we actually get a lot of close-ups of her rubbing the jelly on herself, and then they have to rub the jelly on each other. Well, this is part of the uh, of the series in general. Is Their decontamination is whoever was on the planet goes into a decontamination chamber, and they have to rub jelly all over each other, which I'm convinced is a feature that they only added once they cast Jolene Blaylock. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, how many episodes can we get some dude rubbing jelly on Jolene Blaylock? So that's how far we've come since Ilsa. <laughs> I gotta say, the Enterprise episode is better. But it doesn't say as much about our culture. <laughs> so Ilsa's in Palmfar. Got it. Actually, that's that's fairly accurate. No, she would be satisfied, probably. Yeah, I mean... Her thing is that she can't be satisfied. It's a hard road to hoe. What if a Vulcan woman can't be satisfied during Palmfar? Does she start killing people? I feel like the point of Palmfar is that Vulcans can be aroused and climaxed with a stiff breeze. Yeah, they could probably just mind meld an orgasm. Does uh, syphilis actually make your face melt off, or is that like Hollywood magic? There were, I think there were sores. I, th I think there are syphilitic sores. I, I believe there are different variations of yeah. syphilis, too, that some cause but the very serious deformation, the full and face others melt? can last for decades with no signs at all, just insanity. Right. There's the, there's brain deterioration. Mm. I think uh, there's supposed to have been a lot of like emperors 
that were syphilitic, or at least a, a few notable ones. I'm not sure. I know there were civilizations a lot of, collapsed because of syphilis and its influence of, on political decisions. A lot of American revolutionaries too. Yeah, they called it the French disease. Sure, blame the French. Right. I've heard it called Cupid's disease. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Cupid's adorable face melting disease that causes I, insanity. I really don't think there's any accuracy to the face melting, but I could be wrong. And maybe that is the kind of syphilis that was like crossbred with the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think we just wrote the fifth Indiana Jones movie. Right? <laughs> Better than Crystal Skull. Anything's better than Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull could have been improved by some syphilis. Crystal Skull is much improved if you only watch a third of it. Do we watch the third with Shia LaBeouf swinging like a monkey no. from the tree? No, get off so the bad. boat before the jungle. It can't be the first third. Why? What's Are you talking about the, the middle third? third? <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to watch the middle third of Crystal Skull? <laughs> it's, it's not his fault, but once we meet John Hurt on, it does not improve. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the good third is non-consecutive and you just have to cut out five minutes That's here accurate. and there. Yeah. No, if you if jump around and watch be between five and 20 minutes at a time, you might find a, a solid 40 minutes of a good Indiana Jones film in there. I doubt it, but I haven't seen it since theaters. Why do the, the Nazis decide to kill Ilsa and destroy the camp? At oh, the end. Um, that is historical. Yeah, yeah there is there is historical accuracy to that, which is the Allies were approaching, and um, as the Allies closed in on camps, German um, troops would go around and destroy those camps so that the evidence for what happened there, not to mention the remaining Jews who had been working there or other prisoners, would be destroyed. So uh, none of which is explained in the film. Nope, it's not. Uh, <laughs> except that uh, we do find out at the end that that Das General had uh, had ordered it. Yeah, he has that, his like colonel or second in command guy has the line at the end about how the allies will find nothing, they will never know. I was like, yes, they will, because I'm watching this movie about it. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that, yeah, Dra we, that Draco Malfoy-looking kid, right? Yeah, Draco Malfoy all growed up. Sick, what a sick face that guy had. I was sure he was going to fuck Ilsa the first time yeah, I saw really, that. Yeah, that really, really felt like that there. was where that was going. Yeah, I kind of wish it had been. But. I don't know why he needed to kill her. Like, she seemed very loyal to the Reich. Uh, why not set her free and take her to start a new medical camp somewhere? Well, she was already tied up. And the... <laughs> And covered in dead Jew, really. <laughs> I mean, who oh, she'd been tainted that? by Jew blood. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, I, I, the the idea it was a good ending because it was a relatively accurate ending in that they they tried to level most of these camps. Like, if you go to Auschwitz now, you know, I mean, it's obviously like a you know, it's a memorial site, but almost all the buildings are gone, and some of the few that are standing are reconstructions of the original building because either the Germans bombed them before they got there. I mean, before the Allies got there, or the Allies destroyed them once they saw what was going on there, except for the ones that they converted to temporary barracks for the, the displaced persons, survivors. There's some accuracy to that. Whether or not they'd kill all the Germans that were there, too. I mean, there was only one left, and it was Ilsa, and she was tied naked to a bed and covered in dying And Jews, she was so. trying to prove that women were stronger than men. Maybe that's why he killed her. Maybe he killed her because Das General didn't want everyone knowing that he liked to get peed on. <laughs> that's true. That, that seems most likely of all the scenarios. It's possible, yeah. Gotta bury that shit. Distinct possibility. Very deep. <laughs> 
But I liked that. I liked that that was the ending. Plus, they got to demolish the set of Hogan's Heroes. Also fun. What was ridiculous, though, was that last shot of Wolf and um, Regina or whatever her name was. Rosette. Very, very poor cinematography. Just like arm in arm. Like, let's watch these buildings burn, you know? (laughs) And there's, there's like, kind of a pan over to them and then the freeze. And it's the most ungraceful camera movement I've experienced. Yeah, it was not fantastic. It's very awkward to end on that yeah their their whole romance was forced anyway yeah it was literally forced he stuck his fingers in her mouth after <laughs> yeah. she had been raped not an exaggeration it was forced and forced <laughs> plus i just want to point out that that dildo with the coil on it those girls were like you know screaming but the only noise sounded like vibration it just went slurp slurp right yeah like that what a terrible sound effect. <laughs> Horrible sound. <laughs> Every time. It must have been fun doing Foley work for Ilsa. <laughs> she will the SS. It must have been fun doing anything where you're not on screen for Ilsa. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I did, I did think a few of the special effects, one of them that at first... At first, we were very impressed by it, which was the neck slicing, but then you saw the other <laughs> neck underneath the sliced yeah. neck. Yeah. That guy has two skins. But that was still pretty well... Pretty well done special effects for the most part, the gore and stuff. Yeah, she slices it and there's like, there's blood there, but you can just like, it gets like it's wiped away for, and there's neck. (laughs) Yeah, there's this all this neck. It was a really weird cut, yeah. And then you can see like the one spot where he's got the hidden blood spurty thing at the center. (laughs) Yeah, and it just kept, I mean, I liked that it kept gushing, like an artery, that was nice. Any other film you do reshoots? That was fun. That was a fun one. I, I like watching all the Nazis die at the end. You know, except for the screaming blonde women who were, were they all topless? I think they were all topless. <laughs> and thrashing, you know, come on. And all the Jews as well. I mean, until that moment, I believed. I think, didn't, did the invigorated Jews fleeing take their tops? Is that what happened? All the, no, they like ran out of the, like, out of their bunks. Okay. Like the Nazis ran out of their lodging or whatever naked, like as though they had all been in the middle of an orgy or something. (laughs) A a just female SS orgy. (laughs) One of those. I also liked that the female prisoners were pretty much all wearing dirty nurses outfits. From some other porn. Right. (laughs) Well, and what's interesting too, I don't know if you know much about where they film porn, but... um, a friend of mine has a place in in LA and uh, like a big a big fancy house and that's how pretty much how he pays rent is he lets porn get filmed there. Okay. Because they just they you know they visit one location and they, so if you have a really nice house you can just kind of offer it up for a day for like a few grand and just know that people are going to fuck all over it. But then I mean they have a cleaning crew and everything. So it's it's always interesting to I don't know these locations, the locations, because if they hadn't done it there, <laughs> right? I where else where they... did you make this movie? This specific movie, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, can't, it's interesting. You can't build the set, like you said. Like, do they do they approach Hogan's Heroes because they had for the set because they had this already written, or did they write it because <laughs> they wanted to approach Hogan's Heroes? Oh my God, you guys, we can go to Hogan's Heroes. They got canceled. We totally can use the set. Can we write something by Thursday? I want to see that porn, but on the set of Blue's Clues. <laughs> and now for my handy dandy, dildo. <laughs> oh man, what else just finished? That's a fun what if. I don't know that one. I don't know, what, what other uh, oh. TV shows just finished? I thought you meant what else just finished. Like that was a show. Well, they can't do more Iron Fist, right? They can't, they can't subject us to more. <laughs> so what can we, what can we film in that dojo? 
<laughs> I have not seen that show. All I've seen oh, is man. like hundreds of people on Facebook going, fuck that show. <laughs> like, I, why are you watching it? I had a lot of fun. Well, it's, here's the thing. <laughs> is there a thing? Just quickly, uh, when something like the MCU builds up a certain amount of faith, they have to know people are going to devote a lot of time, even without a good reason. Just because they spent so much time getting into the movies, getting into the TV shows, they're going to watch all of Iron Fist if they're really into the show. What is Iron Fist? Uh, it's a shitty Marvel Universe show. Oh. It's a superhero. Oh. And yeah, I've watched every other Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, so I had to watch all of Iron Fist, but it is a slog. It feels like a real betrayal when they obviously just didn't try hard enough, uh-huh. you know? So that, that that's where, where my anger comes from. It's just... It's not good. But anyway. Oh, by the way, if you want to see more by this director that is not Nazi exploitation film, I believe he directed the um the the X rated Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Ooh. <laughs> That's from the seventies. Awesome. Which is, if memory serves, still better than the X rated porno musical Alice in Wonderland. Wow. Which came out around the same time. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> oh my god fuck oh. charlie chaplin that's the next on your list it's it's and it's all online i, I think even the whole thing is in the um retro version of in the re- the retro category on pornhub yeah um but you can like if you go to bing i love bing video searches for porn by the way it changed right. changed change the way i porn go to bing video search uh alice in wonderland x-rated musical it is a feature length Alice in Wonderland story, full of fucking, much, much more sex than, I mean, it's actual pornography, yeah, right? Like, right. you see, you see PIV and, like, oral sex, and, and there's, like, the rabbit is creepy as hell. <laughs> it's, 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 and there's music. It's a musical porno. Watch it. It's great. Something <laughs> I did want to note with Ilsa is that there really aren't a lot of modern porn conventions. Like, there are no money shots. There, I, I don't even know if there was any real sex. I don't think there's any penetration. Because it, none of it looks good enough to be sure. And yeah, like, there's just, there's not and a lot of close-ups of anything No oral sex. Rest. Yeah, no oral sex. Who's ever seen it's, a porn with It's you? arguably pretty tame sex-wise. There's some really fucked up shit in this movie, but the sex kind of isn't it. Yeah. Oh, just side note on Alice in Wonderland. The funniest thing about that movie is how small everyone's dick is. <laughs> I don't know if they just didn't care in the 70s or if having just, an enormous bush makes your cock look that much smaller. Just but... in case children ended up watching it by accident. Right. Don't worry. They're not so <laughs> the bad. The dicks are really small. The whole thing fits in your mouth. Like, you know, but easily with no gagging. Oh, really sad. Really, really sad. Where have we ended up? In life or in this conversation? <laughs> Both. I thought it might be fun. Do you guys want to recast Ilsa for today? Yeah, let's let's make the uh, the major production oh. version of. Oh, Ilsa. I know, I know, I know exactly who should play Ilsa. Ah, she's the one with the weird name who's in everything now. It begins with a T. Damn it, she's so German. What is she in? Tilda Swinton. Oh, oh, Tilda Swinton that would is be good. That is great casting. I was thinking uh, Charlize Theron. I was gonna go Kate mm. uh, Blanchett. <laughs> Kate Blanchett oh, would only, be only because the new Thor trailer has me like, yeah, she could do anything. Kate Blanchett would be cold blooded as Elsa. It would be Gwyneth <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow could be pretty good. She's a little soft. I think she would be like, oh. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Tilda Swinton. Tilda yeah, Swinton's very good, good very good choice. Um, what about uh, Wolf, our German American lead? Uh, Hemsworth, right? If well, no, if we're doing this for a modern audience, he's not going to be German anymore. Oh, I know. They'd have to make him blonde. But uh, what's it? Tom Hiddleston. 
Ooh, he'd be he, good. I was thinking like a really Jewish looking guy, like Adrian Brody. <laughs> That'd be good. Hiddle- Hiddleston is kind of our new Adrian Brody. I want to see Adrian Brody say, I'm kind of a freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I'm sure that he does. puberty. <laughs> I'm like a fucking machine. Isn't that what he whispered to Halle Berry when he kissed her? Yeah, I think I would. I would. Oh, what about um, the, the un- unkillable girl? Anna. Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. I don't like Scarlett Johansson, but that's who would be cast. I would want someone tinier and meeker for <gasps> Anna. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman's okay. a good choice. Or Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis would be good. First of all, they're both Jewish, and I think they're both badasses. Who do you want to see tortured for two hours more? <laughs> who, do, who do we want to see boiled? Ooh. Oh. Can we just make this like for our gratification? <laughs> I think I would have to go with Natalie Portman because I would never be able to look at Mila Kunis the same again. Natalie Portman, I think, acting-wise could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be, I'd come out unscathed. Can we just put Ivanka Trump in there? <laughs> How about Paris Hilton? <laughs> Let's do Paris Hilton. She'd do it. I've watched House of Wax. <laughs> well, then Mila Kunis could play uh, Kayla, Kala, and have her face melted off. Oh, yeah. She'd look hot like that, too. She could pull it off. She could pull it off me- face melty. <laughs> yeah, if anyone could, Mila Kunis could. And she already does all nine of those accents. Right. <laughs> Yes, for this role, we need you to constantly flip your accent like a, you she know. She could do it. She could do it. I like a machine on the fritz. Right? Yeah. Who would play Mario? Ooh, that's, that's gotta be heavyweight. That's gotta be someone. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> that's gotta be someone that just blows everyone else out of the water. Paul Dano, maybe. Oh. Paul Dano. Oh, no. Paul Dano should play Dust General. <laughs> yes. Yes. G- given the character he played in uh, 12 Years a Slave, I think he'd be really up for that. like the most brutal. Oh, man. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a dick in 12 Years a Slave. It's great. He seems like he really likes saying the N-word for an hour. He's good. I like him. I loved him in Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Yes. That's really great. No, I watch him do anything. Oh, there Such we go. Um, Radcliffe as Mario. Radcliffe. I could do, yeah, I could do Radcliffe as Mario. As long as we don't have to see his junk. <laughs> I guess we've already seen his junk if you've. You know, seeing Aquinas. Uh-huh. He did that naked. Yep. And that's uh, the play with Sex with a Horse, right? Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Cool move. <laughs> that, that, I think that was one of his first things he did after the Potter Harry Potter was, was yeah. yeah. It was like during Harry Potter. It was like Harry Potter 4 and then Equus. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep, that's right. Yeah, that explains his lackluster performance in a couple of that franchises. Plus the, plus the alcoholism, but yeah. <laughs> I stopped watching after the third. I love those books. And I was done with the movies. They were crap. Oh, the casting was fun. I'm trying to think if there are any other roles we have to cast in this. We did El General, but we did not do his lieutenant. Oh, the dude that did the shooting at the end? Yeah. See, I was thinking that Paul Dano and then someone older for the general, but... Ben Kingsley for the general. (laughs) (laughs) No, Bruce Willis. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Or we could do. Uh, can we can we just make this the next Die Hard? Can can Bruce Willis <laughs> be Wolf? And, I would and watch he, that. And uh, John McClane time travels <laughs> and finds himself in this camp where these experiments are going on that are sexier than you'd think. <laughs> Old habits die hard, man. Wait, would what that was, be the title? <laughs> what was the title that never got that that you came up with that, that was one. like such a no brainer? Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. He'll says she wolf of the SS. Old habits die hard. How about just Ilsa dies hard, or just <laughs> Ilsa's hard? It would, we would have to have a scene that just inverts the famous Pulp Fiction scene, and Bruce Willis gets fucked in the ass with a giant dildo. <laughs> electric dildo. Electric yeah, dildo. giant electric dildo. Which sounds like a great album name, by the way. <laughs>
Like for one of those uh, trippy 70s bands, like Strawberry Alarm Clock's new album, <laughs> Electric Dildo. <laughs> oh, do you guys have anything else about Ilsa you want to talk about? Did you get through all your notes, Miriam? I think so. I think we touched on pretty much the whole movie. Yeah. I thought the exploding water tower was really cool. Like when they shoot that tank at the water tower and it explodes, that's, that was that's really what did cool. It for you, huh? Yeah, I was I was on board <laughs> with that that's effect. That's the part of the movie that got you hard. <laughs> I it exploded and then I exploded. <laughs> Special effects were good. We're good for what it was. I mean, for 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 me, it is a it is a fun film because I write about Jewish masculine identity, and I think that it's a really good example of how people thought about Jews in the uh, in the seventies. Which is, you know, junk wise, they po- can't possibly cut it. By junk wise, I mean their cocks could not please Ilsa, <laughs> and they didn't have the guts to escape. Right? I mean, this was an incredibly emasculating film. If you're a Jew, which is interesting on top of everything else, because it was clearly made by a Jew, but he changed his name for it. Like he knew he should be ashamed. And it was written by someone else. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I'd be interested to get into the how did this get made of this. <laughs> I, would, I would. I don't know where you would look to look for such a thing. I guess we could we could reach out to uh, to the director. There is a, yeah, I something I wanted to touch on a little bit, which is that uh, for, for what I understand, this is actually not that outrageous a film considering what else is going on in Grindhouse. Like, obviously the subject matter was not tackled much as far as the Nazi exploitation, but there's some really fucked up shit from this era. A lot of 70s Grindhouse has, you know, like, kids getting killed by machine guns with you know, the same kind of awful special effects that add up to, like, you know, a pumpkin being detonated with a firecracker. Like, mm-hmm. just stuff that you would never get away with now. Pretty much anything went in the 70s. Uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez did you know their their Grindhouse double feature as an homage to this era, and it's so tame by comparison. Which, which, I, which is tame? Elsa's tame? Uh, no, grind the uh, the Grindhouse feature that Tarantino and oh, Rodriguez right. did, which is pretty graphic. Like, there's really intense stuff in there. There's melting uh, genitalia and you know, dismembered car crash victims. Uh, a featurette by Rob Zombie that is actually about werewolf SS women that I'm convinced is directly based on Ilsa. This a lot of a lot more people than you'd think have seen this film. Yeah, I've uh, never seen the Grindhouse movies though. Yeah, and there and there are a few like it's it's a genre that's still popular. There are some you can find on Netflix that are not nearly. Oh no, I mean I, mean, I haven't seen the Tarantino one. Oh, okay, it, it's worth checking out just for for comparison. But yeah, Netflix carries a handful of Grindhouse era films that definitely qualify so yeah, it like, has, hasn't gone away but people don't make movies like that anymore when i was uh when i was a kid my parents took me to see a double feature of she devils on wheels and biker bitches from hell okay something like that and those were yeah. those were pretty brutal yeah. And for what I understand, historically, like, there weren't a lot of restrictions on where these things could be shown. So, like, a lot of them showed at drive-ins. She devils on wheels. Like, Sorry. Yeah, like, it, was, it wasn't like this was some, like, secret underground thing where you could go and see somebody get their head sawed off. It really was just a, like, regular Friday, Saturday night thing, depending on where you were in the country. Mm. To see something this horrific. And, yeah, I mean, we, we could do another hour on what the value of that might be. We could 
you know, get into the psychology of why people enjoy horror films. I think it's very similar. You know, for, for me, the enjoyment of a movie like this is being able to just be surprised and go, wow, I didn't know I could still feel something this visceral. Yeah. You know, and, and react to stimulus this way and then just move on with my fucking life because I don't even know how to process half of it. <laughs> Except you had weird dreams. Yeah. It's a very interesting discussion, why something like this exists and what it means and our reaction to it, yeah. Why at one point in history it was so popular. Yeah. There's a lot to be said, I think, for 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 dipping your toes, dip, dipping a toe into the taboo and involving sex. You know, I think, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that when this came out, although I'm not, you know, I haven't read any commentary from the time. But I'm sure that people were scandalized at the sexualization of Nazis, right? But I can tell you, maybe it's because I have so much historical distance. I've had Nazi fantasies, you know? I mean, they wear the uniform. Because, like, I mean, why not? You know, it's like, it's a, the, the assumption that I wouldn't is like the assumption that someone who's black and into being dominated wouldn't ever want to do a slave master dynamic play, mm-hmm. right? Which the whole point of kink is to push the boundaries right so i mean i get why this film exists completely but we're in such a different time now if it were released right now it would be no big deal at all so something i've compared uh, with somebody else another woman that was telling me about their rape fantasies when i was younger i used to fantasize about being stabbed and i have no idea what that was about except that i probably was actually afraid of somebody attacking me and the actually playing out that scenario in my head somehow made it bearable to carry that thought that I could be assaulted in that way. Was it sexual? Uh, it, Were you being stabbed with a penis? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a, you know, a very violent fantasy, but it was one of those things that, like, it was compulsive. You know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't sit down and, like, figure out that, that was going to help me in some way. It was just, like, I'd be on the school bus thinking about being stabbed, and somehow that made me feel better about the situation I was going into. So I don't know if, if that psychology measures up in any way with the explanation of why films like this are enjoyable. Maybe it's... Maybe it's be, I think the reason that films like this are large enjoyable is that you know the violence isn't real mm-hmm. it looks so unreal i think i've told you this before phil the uh, the the reason that i can never watch pan's labyrinth again mm-hmm. isn't have you watched pan's labyrinth yeah, yeah. a while ago yeah. it's yeah, one it's of my great. favorites which is sure it's great the monsters are great but there is a scene where the because there's a spanish general and it's like it takes place during a war and the spanish general who's like the stepfather to the main character the kid beats this guy with a bottle and there's no sound effects and i left the theater not shaking but shaken you know because i've Um, seen someone get beaten and it is a quiet and horrific thing and to clarify you see on screen this man's face crushed by a bottle whatever special effect they're using i don't know but you see it and that's unlike anything you know it wasn't i don't even remember the visual it was the sound yeah. It was the lack of right. like there's no sound effect. It's unstylized. It's just yeah. too real. Yeah, it's just like I mean, and that's that's when things make me too uncomfortable and I stop enjoying myself. Whereas trauma films, like pretty much every yeah. one of them, hilariously, the pink blood, yeah, the or consistency like, of house paint, or or even if the special effects are so good that it looks real. One of my favorite shows, at least for the first few seasons, I'm not caught up. Not a favorite show at all, actually, but one of my favorites to, to watch, not that it's good, is The Walking Dead. And the reason I love The Walking Dead, even though the comic is a thousand times better, is that the special effects are so 
freaking gruesome, and I love it. Do you guys watch it? Have you watched? Yeah, I've seen plenty. Yeah. I like a there's season behind. At, yeah, there's yeah. So there's one in like halfway through the existing show where like Daryl is pinned on the ground. He's alone, and he's pinned on the ground, and there's like a half a zombie crawling towards him, which is about to bite him, and he grabs the head off of another one. Yanks it off and it's a spatter of like viscera, and then he beats the other one with the severed head jaw from the first, and it's just so gross that you can't help but like scream in laughter, like yes, yes, so gross. And that's because you don't believe it because it's a zombie and they don't exist. But if that level of realism were in Ilsa, it would be unwatchable yeah. for me. It's great because it's so fake, and the stuff in Ilsa that is more real is harder to watch. Yeah, the more yeah, the the, the more realistic it is, the more, the the peeing is probably the worst <laughs> because it's pretty. The, yeah, that could still be. Just she could be really peeing. I know, but you know that she could be peeing. Whereas you know, first of all, you're pretty sure they're not fucking when they're fucking because people don't fuck by laying on top of each other like this so that yeah. none of their junk you, shows and then like wait. Usually away. the genitals line up at least. The genitals line up, right? You got to make the naughty bits touch. <laughs> no, no, kid. <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely not. Definitely not how that film looks. So even the sex was unreal, which is why I would have preferred there were some oral sex in that film. Right. So that we knew that there were actually cocks involved. At any rate, the violence is not very believable. If if there's one thing this Holocaust scholar could change about the Ilsa. (laughs) More cock sucking, please. (laughs) Well, with that note, (laughs) uh, do you guys want to move to the end where we talk about the guilty pleasures of characters in Ilsa, oh, She-Wolf really, of the SS. This is, this is my favorite bit oh. of uh, the show. So wait, can you explain this? Okay, so how this is going to work is each of us is going to give another one a character from the movie, and then we're going to talk about what we think that character's guilty pleasure is. So Miriam, since you're our guest, why don't you pick any character from the movie, and I will tell you their guilty pleasure. Well, no point in asking about Duskeneral. <laughs> <laughs> His, his whole point in the movie is Mario. the exposure. Mario? Okay. Uh, Phil, you give one to Miriam. Um, wolf. Um, okay, then Phil, I'll give you Rosette. Okay. Wait, is that who I want? That's the one we've been calling Finger Mouth, right? That's Finger Mouth. Yeah, that's mouth. Finger <laughs> Mouth. I also like Face Melter. Hmm. No, you can do Rosette. <laughs> I, I think her guilty pleasure is obviously that she enjoyed that forced finger because she stays with him and flees with him. Is that a guilty pleasure then? Then? Oh well, yeah, because you know she she knows in any other life this would not be her choice, but she's been forced into this scenario. So it is a guilty Stockholm syndrome kind mm. of thing. I think. Why do you think she likes the finger in the mouth? What what about her speaks to that? I don't know. It's kind of the only information I have for her. Uh, just just that she's so into it immediately. And it's it's not overwhelming. You know, she doesn't throw herself at him. But there is this... The reason the scene is so weird is that he puts his finger in... in he puts his finger in her mouth after she's just been electric dildo banged. Electric unconsensually. dildo raped, yeah. Yeah. Post-electric dildo rape. He consoles her puts his finger in her mouth, and there's this moment of recognition where she just kind of goes like, oh, okay, I guess this is the best it's going to be for me. <laughs> okay. It's not It's not a good thing. It's not pleasant, but I do think there that there's some implied enjoyment. Fair enough. It's not pleasant to watch. 
But yeah, her her brain has been so fucked by this point that this is the only pleasure she's gonna get, so she allows herself that, I think. And it's fucked. <laughs> it's a little fucked. I think that Mario enjoys being a prisoner in a concentration camp, because at the end... When he has the opportunity to escape and Wolf's like, come on, come with us. And he's like, he makes up this bullshit about how it's better to be in here as half a man than out there. I was like, no one needs to know you're half a man. And apparently you still have the dick part. So like, <laughs> yeah, but- what are you really losing here? I think he likes the idea that generations to come in his family, they're going to feel sorry for Uncle Mario dying in a concentration camp, dying in a, a Nazi experimentation camp, and he likes that legacy more than he likes the thought of being free. He does really throw himself in front of all those bullets at the end. <laughs> he gets killed to shit. Well, suicide, or, uh, uh, Holocaust survivors committed suicide at an enormous rate. Oh, I'm sure they did. You don't walk and away from that. And they weren't usually castrated. But did they do it for the pity? Is that really what you're saying? <laughs> that's the guilty pleasure is that he wants people to feel sorry for him yeah. for being a victim according to him he's only been there a few weeks right he's a, yeah, he's a real drama queen that. about it yeah i know he is he's like i've been here waiting for weeks and i looked at phil i'm like weeks yeah like, this is this is like the, the war's last, been going on for five years the last month of a very long war <laughs> you got off light buddy although to be fair how much would it suck to survive the whole war in hiding and oh, then yeah. arrive at a camp weeks before it ends and immediately get castrated <laughs> maybe he's earned my pity i would play on a jewish stereotype but i think mario's clearly italian mario's an italian <laughs> name he's dark-haired i mean he's italian yeah, it was funny because the, the Nazi who got choked looked so Jewish. Oh, but I wanted to talk about Nazi the choking. Who, I mean, he came on the screen and I was like, that one's actually Jewish. That was maybe the most ridiculous thing for me in this movie was when they come up behind him at the gate and choke him for like a second and he passes out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah well, I was saying to Phil, I was yeah, like, well, Nazis must have a weak spot like right in the front of their chest because yeah. they kind of like <laughs> swing an arm around him and then like tap him in the front and he just goes down. <laughs> it was like that Vulcan nerve pinch yeah, thing. Yeah, he's got a dummy <laughs> switch. Damn. He's like, Argh! and he immediately falls over. <laughs> just a quick slap to the clavicle and he's down. That was great. Worst Nazi ever. <laughs> I'm gonna say that Wolf's Wolf's guilty pleasure is being a part of the of the super race. He loves it. He love he clearly loves it. Right. He, he if thinks were, not coming as a superpower. If I was about to say, if I were going to go a little bit like less obvious, because <laughs> obviously his guilty pleasure is that he is a superb German specimen, right? Sure. I mean, that's, I think that's clear. It's the first thing he tells us. But I would say his actual guilty pleasure is probably coming two minutes into sex. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knows he doesn't have to, because he's got a superpower. But I think his favorite is probably going like, oh, sorry, baby, I couldn't hold it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I also like that he likes his German, as it would explain why he's stu- he chooses to go and study in Germany. He goes and studies in Germany, exactly, during he a was, war. He was moments from enlisting in the SS <laughs> <laughs> when he got captured. That's pretty good. I like it. That's, that's, a fun, that's a fun game. Yeah, we've done that the whole podcast. It's the only like consistent through line for every episode. I think it goes very well. I think Wolf also really enjoys being the only person with balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think he also probably enjoys getting fucked in the butt, but that's just because he's a porn star and they all seem to love that. We needed that scene. What? It we, needed we it needed an scene. ass sex scene? Nope. That didn't get really popular until... Just, just for Wolf, though. 
When did porn start being all about like gaping anal shots? I want to say video. Like I want to see the arrival of VHS because at that point they stopped trying to market to the broadest audience and started getting really specific with the genres. Seventies porn is is pretty broad. Like if you watch something as mainstream as Boogie Nights, you see that like there was a standard for how a porn was put together. And also, that wasn't made. It kind of fits a lot of it. No, but it's documenting that period. Oh, I see what you're saying. It also fits a lot of the stuff that happens in Boogie Nights, where you just kind of have these mm-hmm. set pieces, uh, the same kind of shots that are all kind of at a distance, the close-ups aren't of anything in particular, and the story is kind of doesn't matter, so it could be anything. But at the end of the day, the actual porn of it is very brief, oh, Ilsa, few and far between. But Ilsa is all about story. It's not all about porn. Right, but that's, if there that's were, it would be a better porn. The porn element is kind of universal in Ilsa. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything special. And mm-hmm. I think that's how... Most porn was in the 70s. Yes, again, Alice in Wonderland, the musical. Watch it. I think Dr. And Jack- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is better, but there is nothing like this Alice in Wonderland porno musical. Having not seen it, I feel like I can endorse it. There's a uh, there's a Doctor Who porn that must be from about the 70s as well, where it's it's really? not even porn. It's just like Daleks chasing naked women around. <laughs> For like an hour and a half. <laughs> so it's like it's like the giant tit in the countryside and everything you want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. It's not sexual at all. It's just Daleks chasing naked women around. It's so weird. That does not sound that great. It's not great. <laughs> so that's It's someone's fantasy. <laughs> it wouldn't exist if it wasn't. Yeah. You know, that's what I think every time I see bestiality. I'm like, why are you licking right. that horse? <laughs> it doesn't like it. Can't consent. Like, the horse looks like it can't. Yeah, and it just, you know, the horse is always just like, I'm just going to keep eating. You know? I guess this is what's happening. I guess, I guess, I guess this is happening. This is my life now. They never get into it, though. Well, on that image, do you guys have anything you want to plug? <laughs> I feel like we should just shut this shit down before <laughs> it gets any worse. We've, we've arrived at bestiality. I think we're good. Oh, wait, no, I have one, I have one, like... Just, just momentary, make it a little more pleasant. Do it. Do you like a hand gesture? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, some finger right there. <laughs> which is, uh, I have recently been on the hunt for pornography in which at least the woman has a stereotypically Midwestern accent, and I have yet to find it. Really? Like a Minnesotan porn. Um, oh, God. Because Fargo porn. it's so yes. funny in my that mind. That should exist. Oh, oh yeah, yeah like betcha. just like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so on a later note, um, let's all look for Minnesotan porn and then send it to Miriam. <laughs> oh, not in that whole. Oh, oh, you're gonna drive me out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Do it to me, big boy. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. You try. Oh yeah, honey, that's the spot right there. Yeah. Yeah, this is what we need. Especially the, because, okay, so when I was looking this up, I did find Israeli porn, which is much funnier than I expected, in that sure. even the noises they make <laughs> sound Hebrew. That's great. Amen to your oi, slap. <laughs> no, it's pretty great. All right, Phil, what do you got to plug? Uh, I, I I got nothing. All right, Miriam, do you got to unplug <laughs> or suggest anything else? Uh, you know, any, you've made some suggestions throughout, but... <laughs> Anything You're doing things that will eventually need publicized that might be worth mentioning. Not in this. All right. I'm sorry. No, no offense, <laughs> but I don't want to tie my like PhD dissertation and book publication to Slushy Wolf of the SS and but there Alice it is. in Wonderland. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll keep that on the DL. <laughs> but this what, is uh, this has been fun. What alternate porn name do you want to put on this? <laughs> um, but we've already said your name like seven times. Yeah, we should have given over. you an alternate yeah, porn name at the beginning. That's a good point. You knew what you were getting into, finger mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you like it. Admit it. I have had fingers in my mouth. Oh, shit. 
Well, our Twitter is at quote guilty. My personal Twitter is at play underscore architect. You can find us at facebook.com slash quote unquote guilty. Email us at quote unquote guilty at gmail.com or contribute to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash word salad, which supports the other word salad uh, podcasts and gives you access to exclusive content, uh, which we're hoping to do more of over the summer, a lot more of. So yeah, that's about it. I want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about this really bizarre movie. Phil, you always bring me the weird shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a pleasure. It's going to be hard to top this one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. This is, really sur- this is a really surreal experience, both watching it and talking about it with you guys. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Thanks, guys. What's a nice girl like you doing on a night like this? For this cigar to see. Golly gee. Get up right now and change your ways. You can't have your cake and This podcast is a word salad production. Wonky oranges, righteous dragons. I'm done with it.